Good evening and welcome to Black Women Parlay podcast. Uh, you're joined by me, the host, Leanne Meyer, founder of the Black Women Parlay Network. And today my guest is the wonderful author Mimi Craze. She principally writes romance stories, but you know what? It's about so much more than that. And we're really, really blessed and lucky because yours truly, Black Women, feature as the main protagonist. And Mimi, I know this is slightly off script but there is so much I want to talk to you about about this topic in general um because of love is blind three I have avidly Mm. watched that I have avidly watched that show and I just feel like with the way they've just positioned black women in general I feel like your books are the perfect catharsis antidote to to that whole narrative so like Mm. and, and I know I know that's like to jump in off the deep end, but I would love for you to kind of introduce yourself a little bit more. Tell us about you. Tell us about why you focus on black women as the main protagonist and just kind of bring a bit of that. And then we can jump into this kind of, as I said, you're the antidote to love. All that's wrong with love is blind. Um, (laughs) So let's start there. Yeah, no, it's funny. Um, I've been watching love is blind, obviously, like as, as everyone else has. And I think I also watch, you know, The Bachelor, Bachelorette, <laughs> like uh, Married at First Sight. <laughs> so like I watch all the things and I always get nervous when I, when, when Black women are on, because you never know how they're going to be treated. Um, I've decided, like I've kind of resigned myself to watching Bachelor and Bachelorette where knowing unless The Bachelorette is Black, <laughs> She's probably not going to go far. You know, it's kind of that. um, I think that's how it's set up at this point. So I think me writing romance with Black women as the leads. Well, I just want to see. That's what I, that's who I am. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to read. And um, I just reflect that in my art. So I don't, it it doesn't feel as, uh, it's an obvious choice for me to do that so it doesn't feel like a statement it's just like of course what else would I <laughs> who else would I put in the lead is my train of thought um but yes uh love is blind is a mess and I think the new episodes could drop today so <laughs> <clears throat> maybe someone has also started to watch one of those episodes so <laughs> yeah it, it did and do you know something I love the thing is you you just saying that about it being massively logical reminds me of a John Boyega the actor and b I saw this um I saw this post on TikTok yesterday or this morning even and this black man was saying why is it when I logically talk about liking black women it's an issue when Mm -hmm. every other race can exclusively date their own women without it being a statement without it being an issue and just you saying that it's so obvious I love that I I love that you've come from that space because actually reading your books has now made me I think I came across your books first and then it kind of turned me on to a lot of other black authors, but it's made me go, I, I genuinely cannot go back. Yeah. Like, like it's very, it's now very hard for me to engage with 
romance stories that don't have black women as the main characters just because I'm a little bit like well if she's not the main character I cannot see myself in her whether it's you know and it's not even about like where they're located geographically if it's Canada the UK or whatever it's about I know people say representation but it's not just that it's about the whole vibe it's mm. about the 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 cultural references it's about considering the fears we have it's about consider you know it's what was I yeah that was it I was reading this um book that was uh edited co-edited by Brené Brown and Tarana Burke and one of the I'd say the most powerful points about Tarana Burke in that book is that she said you know we need to be able to humanize black stories and in in that sense even though you're writing what I'm going to call amazing literature it's it's escapist on the one hand but it provides a completely different narrative to how we are perceived to how we are I don't know drawn up in the consciousness of the public you know yes there are steamy scenes but we're not as figures as women hypersexualized in your story and that for me is such a powerful change than having all of this what I'm going to call hardcore porn style narrative around who we are mm. yeah I, I I definitely can see there have been lots of writers who I think have worked hard for you know decades trying to maybe shift you know, maybe deviate from what is typically talked about us, like how we're framed, how we're like, how our love lives are framed, how our um, sex lives are framed. And so, yeah, I, to put like, to add a voice, my voice to that kind of um, canon is great. I I, I really, <laughs> I know, I, I really appreciate, like, I really, um, I'm happy that I've been able to like, maybe like carve out a little space in, 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 that, in this area. So but yeah, it, it can get like at least like I, when I grew up, I, I I think I was like surrounded by like a lot of like black sitcoms. Like it was like the two thousands, the early two thousands, where mm. all the black, like the you know. So I I I didn't really miss much in terms of like representation. Mm. Like I saw a lot of black women on TV and like even in some books. But I will say, I when I started reading romance, it was predominantly white romance and I got tired of it like I, by the time I hit high school I was like oh, I'm out <laughs> and it, it's and that was just because I wasn't looking for you know the black authors because you just like I go to the bookstore I go to the library and if it's not there I'm not what I'm, gonna, I'm like 14 15 years old I'm not googling books to read like I'm just I'm just going to the library right and if it's not there I just like it, does, it doesn't exist so yeah and it's it's funny you say that because when I think about that whole culture and we think about like, I know loads of my friends when I was going to school were reading like Nancy Drew mm -hmm. and all these other things. And I know that's not romance, but the mm -hmm. the stories that were being read, the authors that were being read that were, you know, almost idolized by young girls were not black authors in yeah. general. Yeah. And like, when I think about like, when I think about like when I was growing up, it was that part of like, I love, I love a costume drama. And when I went mm -hmm. to school, I went to a girl's school. And I don't know if you know about the system of houses, but all of our houses were like female authors because I went to a girl's school, mm -hmm. but it was Bronte, Austin and Elliot. Yeah. Right. So I grew up on these books from the age of 11. Like this was kind of the fodder. And it was only, it's only when, 
I got a little bit older and I'm sure they must censor things when you start to see some of the language around how they talk about black people, you know, even um, who's another one, Elizabeth Gaskell. Mm. And she wrote like wives and daughters. And then, you know, mm. they go and see the savages and mm. all this kind of stuff in Mansfield Park. When you start to get into the rate and even Georgette Heyer, when you start to get into the racist vernacular and the racist thought as you get older and you develop that consciousness not only can you no longer see yourself as the protagonist because it's explicitly anti-black in that sense you can't see yourself in the story and sometimes it's really like sometimes I'll think to myself oh I want to read it just because you know I like the story but then you come across the page that reminds you there is no space for you in this world and I think I know we've spoken about this before. I think that's what Bridgerton, the series, capitalized upon in finding the black and brown market. Yeah. In doing that. Because ultimately, the way these things are written are so anti us and anti, you know, we're not mentioned in any other light than savagery. And that's why I was really enlightened, infused, and still very passionate and huge fan of your writing because it just adds that layer of, it removes that layer of so-called savagery, but brings that that layer of tenderness, intimacy, and self-worth. Yeah, I, because I also, like like you, I love historical dramas, I love historical fiction, historical romance. Mm -hmm. And there there is a, a point or a moment where sometimes you'll read and it'll, they'll mention a Jamaican plantation. And you're like, oh, right, <laughs> right. This is how you get your money. This is how you're rich. And you're like, oh, you know, they'll just mention something and that'll like take you out of it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, but I, as I said, I think even now there's a lot, at least in historical romance, like I think there's, there, I, that's my ultimate uh, dream is to write historical romance because I love that's what got me into you know reading in in the first place but and you know Beverly Jenkins is queen of historical romance and there are many more at this point well not many but you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) not through two (laughs) anymore (laughs) so yeah feeling excluded while you read and not even just like excluded because like I personally don't feel the need to relate to literally everything I read. I am no. okay. But when it's kind of, um, as you said, you feel, you know, completely isolated in terms of this is actually kind of violent <laughs> towards you. Like, you know, this feels, um, yeah, you're the enemy of the story too. Like you're, the author has not considered you as an, as a reader, as someone who a potential reader so yeah it's I, I like the way you said that it's for me you're right I don't need to feature mm-hmm. because if, if I look at I would say what I'm going to say is like I've been reading a lot of books from uh Nigerian or Brit Nigerian authors I do not know half of the dishes I don't mm-hmm. know some of the the slang but you know you can still say you know what I get it I get it I get it but it's when you are presented as being a direct contra to everything as you said that's good and worthy in the book or you're just taken out of it and reminded that this isn't an escapist with 
the origins of these stories were never created as an escapist world for people like us because it was never imagined especially at the time they were written that people like us could even read <laughs> yeah 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 or would or, or would know anything about you know delicacy and appropriate behavior and all that kind of stuff so like and then I think now in more modern romances I guess I'm still you know you still see it that the black girl is either a colleague or something but she's always sassy and snappy Mm -hmm. and it's a and then once again it's a caricature of this girl who tends to always have like a short short hair or a shaved head or you know Mm -hmm. the adjectives such as fierce and bold and feisty and you're just like can we just can we just not not every black woman is all of those things yeah and I think if you only write one you know character like if you only feature one black woman and that's the that's what you end up defaulting to that's when it becomes the problem because of course there are you know (laughs) sassy black women of course they're fierce black women but if it's that's the only one you ever feature it's kind of it tells a lot about what you how you perceive black people black women in particular yeah and I just feel like I mean I don't know if this was your goal but um actually I'm gonna I'm gonna rephrase it and I'm gonna ask you what do you what is your hopes with all of your books like what do you want black women to get out of this to extract from this how do you want them to feel I want black women to feel I know like seeing being seen is such a very (laughs) common phrase at this point but I do like I maybe not very specific things maybe not in its entirety but as you said oh I get that reference oh this was meant for you specifically like I know because I know there are different genders and different uh, ethnicities who uh (laughs) what read my books but I also you know I I don't I try not to think about um I, I wanted, I want, at least I want people to like black women to be like, oh, this is, I, I understand this. And it doesn't matter if everybody else understands it. Um, I want it to be enjoyable, to laugh, to, you know, squee as they say, like, oh my God, this is so cute. Um, that's what I want. That's like, that's, I think that's the purpose, you know, of romance is, you know, it's this fantastic like this fantasy that you've kind of created about love. Cause I think, you know, in real life, love is a little bit more complicated than, you know, <laughs> how I portray it. I think it's, you know, and it doesn't necessarily last for, you know, that's kind of sad, but <laughs> you never know what happens in the future. But like, I think romance, you just like, it's forever, forever after it's, that's done, it's, it's finished. So I like the, the, the fant- fantasy of it all. Yeah, just like that. And I think there's some part of me like I love the I love the dare to dream part. But I love mm. the fact that, you know, it's going to go re- like it's going to go really well. Then there's going to be a crisis, yeah. but then they're going to figure it out and yeah. they're going to come back together. And then you go and then they live happily ever after. Amen. Yeah. But, but it's that part, I think, around like validating that, that that's mm. a possibility for us in a space mm. of. Like. In, 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 in a space of fantasy where you can curl up with your book and there is that happy ending for us. Because mm. I was, I'm not sure if you've read this book, it's called The Sex Lives of African Women. 
No, but you mentioned it, yeah. I read it, so I downloaded it at that point. I read it, and I'm I don't I don't want to spoil I don't want to spoil any of this for anybody, but I'm going to say it's heavy lifting, and the reason I'm going to say it's heavy lifting is because there was no for me there was no real light at the end of the tunnel it was very much sex black women involves trauma Mm -hmm. and it didn't feel as though there was the upside around healing um and I'm not saying that romance is there to heal but I am saying it just creates the possibility because if they say life imitates art then it's that part about giving that same level of we have this possible this is also possible for us mm-hmm. this is this is possibility and I think to have that somewhere on paper that doesn't feel I think I think period or like period pieces are amazing but they feel so distanced from where mm-hmm. we are today that I think having something that's contemporary just reinforces, do you know what, in the time of Instagram, in the time of this, in the time of, you know, all of these online connections, that this is still a possibility somehow. Yeah. Def- yeah, definitely in terms of, because um, as you know, if you repeat narratives, you start to believe it. You yeah. start, to, you're like, wait, is that all I can do? Is that all I can be? Is that all I deserve? is like, you know, a traumatic love life and sex life. And yeah, no, um, yeah, seeing media that's, I you know, variation of everything, you know, speaking to our trauma and speaking to maybe pain, but also uh-huh. that's, not, that's not what humans, you know, even like the most depressing you know, moment in your life, there's still like these little pockets of joy and not to ever express that I think is in itself like dehumanizing to just say that this is how you are, this is, innately what you you know what you hear on this earth is just to experience pain and suffering is it's kind of a bleak way to look at all you know a demographic like an entire demographic so yes because I, I don't know I don't know if you see this a similar way but it's even you know when I I, I I have an issue with him so like let's put my issue with him for aside but even when you like look at the at the beginning when he came out, all the Tyler Perry stories, right? Mm. <sighs> Everyone was happy. And I got it. So, cause you know, at the beginning you're like, yeah, he's a black man. He's hiring black people. And then, and then you watch the stories and then you start to dissect them. And then you're a bit yeah. like. Yeah. There's a common thread, a common narrative, a common way he writes black women, how they were in relationships. It's, you know, the same type of guy comes and saves them. It's, yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> and he hasn't really evolved, I don't think, over the decade, like almost two decade career that he's had. Um, I will say though, I love, <laughs> I haven't watched him forever, but I love- um... The Jasmine's Blues. Or the... Have you watched that? I, I haven't. Love- no, I haven't. I haven't. My husband watched it, but he has like no reference to Tyler Perry at all. I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it either. Um, I think nobody, I don't think anyone watched it except your husband. Honestly, I haven't heard anyone talk about it. Like I just saw like a, a trailer and then no conversations about it, at least online. 
So. No, I had to literally Google reviews and then, you know, um, R29, I'm bothered on Instagram. They wrote something and then like people underneath were just saying, oh yeah, it was like the black notebook. So, uh, okay. Sorry, but I completely cut over you. What was, the, what were you going to say that you watched? Oh, Halle Perry. You know, cause I, I think the first Halle Perry thing I watched was A Diary of a Mad Black Woman. And the, like, I, can't, I haven't watched that in years. So I don't even know if it holds up, but I just remember laughing my ass off in that movie. So, but I'm sure if I go back, I'm like, oh, oh, uh, oh. but which, which one? Okay. That's which... with uh, Kimberly Ellis. Yes. And Shamar Moore, right? Yeah. With the bad, like cornrow frontal. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I remember. And then the, the guy and then he's dodgy de- he was a lawyer dodgy dealings kicked her out yeah yeah i remember and then she got mad and then yeah, Cicely yeah, yeah. Ty- and then Cicely Tyson was in it yeah, yeah she was she's been in a lot of- she wasn't a lot of um of his movies, movies. Like- I, I don't yeah he must pay well i i also i just think you know like he as much of um as a problematic figure he is and you know controversial i guess he did, you know, I think a lot of Black actors really appreciate, and also, I have two two thoughts, I just remember something, but yeah, I think a lot of Black actors in Hollywood just really appreciated his presence, so I think they were just like, yeah, let's just, you know, support this Black director, actor, singer, mm-hmm. producer, writer, man, who doesn't like to pay his people um but also I one funny thing about Tyler Perry is that he just ends up showing up in all these random pop culture things like I I remember watching the Oprah Meghan Markle special and I could not even I I was like what Tyler Perry you know how did you watch that no because it was it was like they obviously crucified her on the in the UK press but just seeing the two second acting I was like "I, I, I can't watch this whole thing (laughs) <laughs> but then him giving her her house and then him saying about it like yeah. I just wanted her to know that someone was there for me like yeah what yeah he is no I, do you know when you just said that I should I, I you just when you said about giving people child or people were happy it was like the rock got one of his first big breaks from Tyler Perry it was like two seconds scene at why did I get married to oh at the end when he plays Janet Jackson's potential love interest because that's when he was like I'm gonna say black cading playing uh, up his black side yeah that he doesn't really do in general yeah I think that has to do yeah that's that's an interesting one The Rock and he has a, a movie that's out right now um He's always got a movie out, but yeah, I know. Like we we digress, but <laughs> we, we and you're like, yeah, let's just go there. I'm like, no, 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 let's go back. Let's go back. No, but it is it is that thing about like no one says love's perfect, and mm. it is, it is, flawed, but the depths to which Tyler Perry created this flawed love that ultimately every black woman had to sacrifice herself and give up her whole identity, beliefs, values, and principles <laughs> in order to get this massive, like. Yeah. And it, it, and it, he tends to have like a savior. It's not even just like. A partner. It's not a partnership. No. 
it's you've made the wrong decision now you're at you know rock bottom and here comes this man to pull you back up show you how you're loved how you need to be loved yeah it's a uh, yes <laughs> yeah and, and and I think this is the reason for me why I'm like I'm not saying that men shouldn't write love stories nothing 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 of the sort but you know how they say um random fact but I think they said like only 2% of sex toys ever invented were created by women, for example. Mm-hmm. It's that thing about, there is something about a story written by women out of our view to create love and romance that is still very different to a man creating love and romance for us and giving us a character. Mm. Yeah, I, perspective definitely influences um, how you write something. It definite and I, yeah even there's like this kind of um cheeky thing that people say online about how they'll see like a celebrity man or something and say oh he's he was written by a woman like this is a, a man written by a woman like you know if some if there's a celebrity man who's really i don't know apparent it apparently is you know very nice and very i don't know but the thing is, I, I never, I always have a hard line of not celebrating celebrity men. I get real nervous even when I find them attractive because who knows? Who knows in like a year or two, a decade from now, what will come out about them? And I'm not going to look, you know, I'm not going to have egg on my face because I thirsted over him on Twitter, like, you know, a decade ago. <laughs> I don't do it. No, I try not to. It's like, I know this is like completely different enough point, but give me an example of a celebrity crush. Oh, um, it it fluctuates between like you know depending on what I'm watching at that point, like what show, what movie I just watched. But um, I just saw some photos of Yaya Abdul Mateen. Is it the second or the third? I don't remember what his <laughs> if he's the second or the third. He's from um the the latest Candyman, the the recent one. So first of all, I'm not watching no horror, so this is the wrong. No. Okay. I, I didn't watch it either because I'm also I I am no. a big scaredy cat. I have to figure. I don't like um supernatural horror. No, listen, listen. Let, let's just jump <laughs> over that whole conversation. No, no. Yeah, no. no. But he also he was in um Aquaman, so he was the prey mantis. He was next to Jason Momo, like the villain in in. No, you don't watch that. Okay, what other thing? He really hasn't acted in ambulance like he was with jake gyllenhaal in that random movie that came out during the pandemic you're like this girl does not watch movies Oops. Um, well I'll, I'll have to go- i'll have to google him afterwards yeah but That's- it's like you know it's it's this part of like just being able to crush and it just be not even serious but just you know this I'm going to call it this lightness because that's the same thing that you have in your book is that yes there are serious topics yes there are obviously the prerequisite drama mm-hmm. but there's a general lightness that you can read the book you know I me mean? like read a book put it down read it again you know and still find new things to enjoy but you know that it's a, it's a, it's an uplifting one even though you know you're going to hit some sort of bumps in the road um and for me, it's also that bit about creating opportunity to have this space, to have this kind of space in your mind that this could be you. 
you're there making eyes at Jason. Sorry, he really was listening. <laughs> You'll become familiar with the characters. You know, making eyes at Jason. What is he now? A dentist. Yes. See, I know you're like, hey, which one? I'm like that one. Yeah. But- <laughs> I had to I had to I had to think about it myself I'm like yeah <laughs> the dentist that's right him you know all of those things are like yeah I get it I see it. it could be possible because like even when I think so before I, my my other podcast if anyone wants to check it out it's called black female in dating um available on spotify and apple Podcasts. I have not been developed enough to do the whole stitch or whatever thing mm-hmm. but even then when we were talking about it it's this whole thing also around like not just how we show up and where we show up, but it's that bit around we get a story that's not just cut off. And that for me brings us to kind of the love is blind three thing, which is when you looked on the Instagram, you saw all these black girls, you saw mm-hmm. these black, you saw these black girls in the women's or black women in the women's living area as the sounding board. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Where were they? Yeah. We have Light Skin Raven who likes to work out. (laughs) And you know what? My problem per se isn't with her. I don't think she, like, when I say with her, I mean, sorry for anyone who's watching this and we've done a spoiler, but hopefully you've watched the first four episodes by now or five. Um, but it's just the fact that she is somehow, and I'm not saying she is an airhead, I don't mean it like that, but she's somehow replicating the blonde, well, she is blonde, the blonde white Barbie type. I'm all for exercise. I like a guy who's moneyed and to pay for me. I'm mm-hmm. just, like, there's nothing, and I don't, when I say about de- being definitively black, I don't mean there's a black way to behave. It's just mm-hmm. more that there's nothing about her culturally that speaks to any part of her, like any part of blackness. And I think mm-hmm. that's why she has been successful because she still is racially ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And then she gets the story. I think, honestly, I don't think she came here for love. I think she's here for you know, I think at this point in season three, a lot of people come to get on know, television. Yeah, an Instagram follower. Like, there's a lot of money to be made being a D-lister celebrity. Like, if you get onto these shows, you can start to get sponsorships on Instagram. I remember what um, there's a um, this um, financial podcast that I listened to, and one of there was an influencer who was on The Bachelor who was talking about the finances of of becoming a reality star and she makes money (laughs) like not not like money in a way that she said she never thought she could make and so it there's a benefit and so I honestly I think she just was willing to play the game whether it's her authentic self if she's playing up kind of that ditzy self-absorbed thing I don't know I don't know her but she she's her eyes I, I I believe her eyes are wide open she knows what she's doing she mm. she knows she's playing up something and maybe you know if you're not going to play the game they'll just not give you screen time if you want to actually find love <laughs> we'll say oh that's cute <laughs> do that on your own time <laughs> which is which in many cases is the irony it's like 
these black women that go on there are giving it a chance mm. and if you choose to be genuine you're also well what we perceive to be genuine you're also then penalized for that too yeah because uh, based on based on it being blind they're technically even though sometimes you can tell where people are from but like when they talk technically speaking there should have been no reason why not a single black girl was selected yeah i i have no idea i have no idea because like last season i can't remember i i black out i block out <laughs> everything <laughs> past the current moment um but yeah I, I, honestly in terms of dating shows and black women i've i've watched a lot like i've watched some random shows and sometimes you know people always like i remember people were pushing for more plus size mm-hmm. um, and i think we have like one plus size girl but i'm always nervous because i'm like i don't want to watch people get mistreated on tv that's not fun to watch i don't want to mm-hmm. see people you know get like as i said i watch um, love love uh, what is that show called Married at first sight. Right. And though some of those couples, like they, it's, it's a little abusive and I don't like watching that. I like to watch a little drama. I like to watch a little, you know, you know, uh, uh, conflicts and drama, but you want yeah. it to be fundamentally good things, good people to come out of it. You don't yeah. just want it to be, I'm going to say cool. And actually there was this, um, I'm not sure if you watched this one. It was based in Austin, Texas, and I think it was called 20-somethings. No, 20-somethings. That's what the show was called? I think so. Okay. And it was, like, two houses, boys and girls, and then the there was, like, a, um, it was a black guy and he ended up sleeping with, the, with one of the white girls and then she became obsessed with him. But then him and the black girl started to bond just as mm-hmm. friends at first. And then it developed into this thing. And then it was like drama, drama, drama. But actually it was one of those shows that felt so genuine and sweet. Mm-hmm. And it had a it had a good story. And the the way the black girls were presented wasn't this crazy editing where it was, they were portrayed as being sly or aggressive. It was just really, really, I was really impressed. It was really well done. Mm. And I, I I have to like try and find it afterwards, but I think that's part of my, excuse me, my thing as well, which is I'm constantly looking for ways or I'm constantly curious to find ways that black women in love can be positively reaffirmed. Mm. That it's not just we're this, we're that, or that we're still perpetuating that myth of, you know, we're always left on the shelf. Mm. The the I'm not saying you can't be happy and single. We know we can be, and I was. But it was um it was I was reading this article that was basically saying that for most black women, I think in the US, being single is the healthier option. Yeah, I think they say uh, I know you're, I know you're in Canada, but I was just saying like yeah, yeah, yeah. North America, we kind of get swept into it. But I think it, it, you tend to see those kind of studies or those statistics about 
women in general, like you, you live longer than, than if you're, if you're, you know, if you're a woman who dates men, like you tend to be happier alone <laughs> or, you know, you live longer or you, you know, after divorce, you thrive all these types of things. And honestly, like if you spend like maybe even like 20 minutes on, you know, relationship TikTok and you see women, how they talk, like how they, you know, talk about their husbands, you're like, what are they doing for you? They don't want to, you know, they don't want to cook. They don't want to clean. Hold, hold on. What's relationship TikTok? Is that where you just followed the hashtag? No, no, no. I, I, I'm i just saying like. Because I'm like, oh, let me see this. Honestly, if you just go, I don't know, like a couple I, I this is my for you page i don't know why what i started who i started following for this to start getting recommended but i tend to see like you know women who talk about their husbands not you know cleaning up after themselves or you know i saw one where a woman talked about her husband put you know she's like oh can you pack the dinner that we had today and just like store it and he just took like the big crock pot and put it in the fridge because he didn't want to be bothered and I was like but what now what's this <laughs> like they talk about especially like you know fathers who don't want to like hand you know deal with their kids like at all and you know the mom is here maybe she works full-time and also takes care of the home and so I'm just like what it, what's he there for what was he doing if it's not to like be a partner <laughs> he's just just there not pulling his way doing whatever yeah. he feels like doing yeah yeah because um there's also there's also this other book that I read a few years ago, which is called What's Love Got to Do With It? How to, um, it's not to do with Tina Turner, um, <laughs> how, to, how to heal the rift between black men and black women. And it was just talking about this thing around like, if you've grown up hearing maybe your mom cuss out black men and say, you know, they're worthless or that's the environment you grow around, then it does all of that. And when you start to kind of dig into some of these kind of deeper topics around generational trauma and the rift between ourselves and all this kind of stuff, it makes it even more important in my mind that there are spaces and places we can go to escape mm. or have like have an escape and be in a dream world and say, you know, I would like a life like that. Mm. I never, I never watched being Mary Jane. I heard it was good. I but- never, yeah, I was watching scandal while that was <laughs> being, cause I think they came out at the, you know, during the same years. And I think I just picked Scandal instead of being Mary Jane, but. I don't know what was Scandal like on that. I, I know she was, I know she was having an affair with the guy, but. The president of the United States. I... <laughs> See, I, was... I, didn't, I didn't know who the guy was. I was just like, I know she was having an affair with the guy, that guy. <laughs> yeah, with the whole president of the United States. It's, <laughs> it's, you mean like, what was it like? Like the show in terms of. Mm. And like characterization, because everyone loved Olivia Pope but mm-hmm. I only ever saw her as in not Kerry Washington I only saw her with the uh how to go get away with murder crossover oh okay yeah 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 good episode too um yeah I think I haven't watched it since it I haven't gone back to rewatch it so but I remember you know she was this powerful fixer she was a lawyer she had you know she had it handled she had amazing coats <laughs> so she was very you know aspirational in that sense 
but I'm sure going and you know and they and Shonda Rhimes tends not to like at least in her contemporary um tv show she doesn't really shy away from talking about race so you have you know you know there's they're really you know blunt conversations about her being the black mistress and you know the the white president so there was there's they never shied away from that but I remember get, at, there was a point where you got annoyed at the story, but that's just like TV. So I think I think Olivia Pope as a character was good for TV. It was a fun moment in television history. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure like, I, like I, th- I think back at some of the things, I'm like, oh, you were really annoying. Like you could have made your life so much easier, you know, just literally fall out of love with this man. Like, like there were some bonkers um, uh, plot lines like I won't spoil it if you in, if you end up going back to watch it but yeah some of it was just like girl <laughs> like we don't you do not have to go through this like just pick a regular guy like my god but but with if, if you're a powerful fixer who else we gravi- gravitate to besides more power but you know that's like a that's like a hypothetical but I like I like hearing that I'm probably it's on my um and my Disney to watch list. So mm. I might I might pick it up just because I don't know, I'm always a bit like, mm, how are they gonna, how are they gonna I'm not saying everything has to be like a, a like a black woman thing, but we mm. often don't get that space to have the depth of character that all other women get to have. Oh yeah, and she's messy. So yeah, if you want like, you know, a complex <laughs> black woman character, you you'll get it from her. Um, and season one is fantastic. I always say that Shonda Rhimes shows season one are always like, she knows how to write a season one. It kind of falls apart in later seasons, but I feel like season ones are always amazing with her. I felt like that with How to Get Away with Murder. Yeah. I was all in season one. Yeah, season one was okay. And then, and then I was a bit like... Because some of them are very high concept. Like, How to Get Away with Murder is a high concept show. Like, getting away with murder, like, how many times? Like, whoa, you know, you can only get away so many times, and then we need to change what the show is about. So I think this was a high ask <laughs> to keep it interesting for, what, four seasons? Yeah, it was just, no, eight. Oh, my goodness. Was it eight? Oh, my goodness. I bailed real quick. <laughs> I don't think I made it. I don't think I made it to three. Because the thing is, it's exactly about all the things you liked about the main character were things that the character could no longer keep in order to keep the storyline worth watching. Yeah. yeah. So you can't you can't be loyal and great at your job without having some sort of issue. Yeah. Oh, and then you're like, okay, I know this is television, but can we? I don't know. It's not that I want to live in like fairyland, la la land all the time. But it's a bit like, can we just not have some sort of, I'm going to call it bubblegum. Can we just not have some black bubblegum? That is what I'm going to call this episode. Can we not just have some black bubblegum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think all, I haven't watched All Rise, but I think if you want like, you know, just a career woman doing her thing who's mostly good, I think that seems to be a show that people like. I like Harlem, I have to admit, love that. I haven't watched it. It's it's perfectly deliciously messy. There are mm-hmm. characters that you just gravitate to, and it's 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 like four black women, 
across like so different so just it 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 brings that friendship element together which becomes the I think we talked about this as well which becomes like a really important element to all of these stories because it's not just about um love in terms of man like sexual love and partnership but also like friendship mm. and I think that's one of the and I know you did that that's part of your writing style but to have these women who also have strong friendship groups yeah is 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 like a is it like another element because there's something about this there's something about that part as well oh I think I've frozen no I'm still there I'm still there I'm still there um yeah there's something about about that part as well so my question for you and this is like a direct question now is or do you even have like aspirations of how you'd like black women to win like what would it be for you and this can be above and beyond um you know your books thank you oh wow that's a big, I know, it's a big question I know I know as I said it I was like Leanne how could you ask a question that is this big yeah but, I just you know I think equity in all factions of life is the ultimate goal Excuse me. equal pay for your work you know reproductive justice like I for uh how personal do I want to get so for instance I think about um so I had a myomectomy this summer yeah it was it was I had I had some fibroids and fibroids mm. are, they show up a lot in black women people with black people with women like it, it, this is, I think it's I can't remember the the rate at which we get it but research in uterine health is very underfunded it's not as funded as other factions of health healthcare so things like that like why why is it because they don't know the reason why there's, there's something coming out there's uh, some articles I have to share it with you yeah. that the chemical they're saying that the chemicals in hair relaxers are linked to the fact that black women have fibroids I was like, I, I, I saw that but the one thing I will say is since I've been like in this kind of hellscape of health is that a lot of like these studies and even like that I, I don't doubt that we would tend we will find something that you know hair relaxers have negative effects on health it, of course it makes sense but I'm also weary of sometimes like listening to some of these studies just based on like you know because the research you start to like look at the research and like this study is kind of faulty or this is a little bit because every year you'll have like a, an article that come out be you know if you eat less meat you know you'll listen you, your chance for cancer and it's like yeah probably but at what rate and yeah no I agree I agree I was just I was just saying it was funny that you said that just because today I was in a I'm in a chat and everyone's like look at this look at that and I'm a bit like yeah but I haven't relaxed my hair for 15 18 years I don't know if I have I don't even know if I have fibroids but you know like uh, one person's like yeah well two of us relaxed our hair and we have it and one of my sisters didn't and she doesn't have it but that is also not a study <laughs> no exactly and there's so many factors like my factors just like piled up and I was like okay yeah great that makes sense but um 
and most you know people with you know uteruses have fibroids they, they they're benign and then you kind of just like live your life with them and also you had kids right so you reduce your chances for fibroids the more you know the more kids you have i don't know if you have one or more two yeah so you reduce your chances and like i remember my uh guy was like yeah so if you're gonna have kids like that will i was like let me give me a second <laughs> but can um, we can we not use them as fibroid treatment Just yeah out there. <laughs> yeah Life, okay. lifetime worth of responsibility <laughs> Yeah. It was, he was just like, if you, that's one way, um, uh, birth control doesn't really work, but, and the other one is like a hysterectomy. I was like, let me keep my uterus for now. Let me just, <laughs> you can yes. just take my braids out. <laughs> but yeah, it's so like things like that. Like that's how it just like, you know, healthcare, even just like, even like the mortality rate, you always hear those about childbirth and black oh. women. Um, yeah education every faction of life i just want to see black women win whatever you know they decide we decide to do agreed i'm with you i am with you 100 percent. so can you tell the good people where they can find you can you tell them handles where can you be found miss mimi i can be found at mimi grace books literally everywhere on the internet so mimigracebooks.com at Mimi Grace Books on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. <laughs> I'm on TikTok now. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go check that out. Don't look at my TikTok. It's a mess. It's hilarious. Like I just do silliness, but it's fine. Um, thank you, thank you so much for what has been a really refreshing conversation. Um, to anyone who's looking for me, you can find me at. My handles are not in any way consistent. I am at Leanne MM on Instagram. I think it's Leanne Meyer on TikTok and I don't really tweet that much I just really use Twitter to look at Lovey's Blind stuff so you find me Leanne Meyer uh, 5 on Twitter and I just want to say thank you all for taking the time to listen and I look forward to you joining us for our next show goodbye and good night <laughs>